0: Hello CTSnet friends, Uh, I'm Joel Dunning, I've just come back from Ghana this week and I actually have an urgent appeal for perfusionists to go out to save the longest established cardiac surgery unit who is doing nothing at the moment because they have no perfusionists. Listen more to the full podcast about that. Uh, We also have uh, news on the world's second patient to receive a pig heart. Uh, We have a meta-analysis of low-risk TAVA versus SAVA, we'll tell you all about that. And the AGON trial has just been published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And talking all about stage 2b3a cancer and how we can increase their survival. We've got two amazing videos: one from Iran on how to repair a giant left atrium, one from Turkey, how to fix a double aortic arch. Uh, and I'll tell you lots more about the news and events going on around the world. So watch the full podcast, check everything out on CTSNet. My name's Joel Dunning. Thanks a lot for watching. With CTS net friends thank you so much for watching uh, we're here every single week telling you what's the latest news in the world of cardiotvas surgery so my name is Joel Dunning. I've in fact just come back yesterday from Ghana uh, we took a team of 17 to visit ugMC and we did seven operations including some bentles operations and uh, uh, chronic dissection so really fascinating I'll actually leave a link to the YouTube videos of that uh, in the show notes below we're also posting them more formally in the coming weeks on CTSnet. But uh, there's a really important appeal that I would just like to make to you right now. We also visited the world's mo- the country's most established unit, which is called the National Chydothracis Center in Kualabu. They have had a disaster. They were down to their last perfusionist and he has now left. They've not done any operations for six weeks uh, and we gave. Ivan Katibog and Chinmay Parthavan are two perfusionists and anaesthetists from Papworth to go over there for the week and they restarted their program but just for the week. So we left them, we're feeling really bad, we're desperate to send some perfusionists out there. So if you know of someone in your unit that might consider getting on a plane and going and doing some surgery in a wonderful safe country, they pamper you to hell. Uh, look at our Arrhythmia Alliance Hearts of Ghana video day six to have a look at everything we got up to and look at what Ivan Katibog did. He literally saves the programme there. We want any perfusionists. We would love paediatric perfusionists, but you can be adult only as well. It doesn't really matter. And uh, and if you're interested, even just interested, just contact me, Joel Dunning, uh, and you can find me online or Joel Dunning at doctors.org.uk uh, or anywhere you like. But uh, please do look at all our videos all about our mission. So, uh, moving on to the news of the week, there's so much going on this week. So, the very first news item that caught our eye was, of course, the second modified pig heart transplant. Now, This is a huge achievement. Again, I'm sure you heard about the first one who passed away, but the second patient has now survived six weeks. uh, And the press release from the University of Maryland Medical School by by Dr. Bartley Griffiths, who have done both procedures, did announce the passing of uh, Mr. Forsett. Now, uh, Lawrence Forsett is an amazing man, 58 years old. He had terminal heart disease, but he also had multiple other medical conditions, peripheral vascular disease, he actually arrested because of his terrible cardiomyopathy um, and he was not eligible for a standard heart transplant so the interesting thing is he's actually um, had a very interesting past um, and uh, and he was a navy veteran and a family man he was also a scientist so he wanted to push forward the boundaries he wanted to help and contribute to the world in some way he understood that this had only ever done been done once uh, ever Uh, when he was getting his biopsies uh, he actually looked uh, at the biopsies as well and helped to report them which i think is just stunning there are some videos about him shortly after his transplant telling everybody how much he's just pleased to have survived and got out and sat again with his wife and and he did not expect that he would be living years and years so what an amazing man Um, you know i was really blown away by that. and what an amazing team um, a lot of people including his wife Anne fawcett have been likening this team to the early days of lung transplant and heart transplant I'm sure we've all remember reading those stories of lots and lots of early mortality until they crack it and now we're where we are today and I'm absolutely confident that uh, that uh, dr Griffiths and his amazing team at Maryland are going to crack this uh, you know you've got to be a pioneer and they are the pioneer is so do read that story but do get behind their program they remember how pioneering this is and remember what the world would look like if you could have unlimited access uh, to heart transplantation and no dawn no donor issues that that would just change the world of heart surgery wouldn't it so so well done them and I think we all uh, should be taking our hats off to the team there and be supporting them most importantly the second uh, article that jumped out at us uh, follows on from really the, the, the huge news over the last few weeks of the Partner 3 trial uh, and the discussions of TAVA versus SAVA in the low risk patients. And it couldn't be more timely. Uh, so this team from the Quebec in Canada uh, have published in the Journal of the American Heart Association a meta-analysis Um this meta-analysis uh, is of three randomised trials and of multiple propensity match cohort studies. Um, what were the randomised trials they had? Well, it was the EVOLU low-risk trial, their two-year results, the PARTNER trial, but they didn't get to the latest publication, but they got to the two-year result trial, and the NOTION trial, which is a trial from Denmark of 280 patients of half in each arm. And that's actually up to eight years of its follow-up. And they put that together with, Um, five of the best propensity uh, matched cohort studies uh, to come up with this systematic review and what does it show well they managed to get 5,444 patients into it Uh, so 2,600 in TAVA 2,800 in surgical AVR. and they showed um, at eight years of follow-up which you know, will mainly be that RCT and a few of the cohort studies, there was a higher risk of all-cause mortality with TAVA. Um, at two years, uh, TAVA was not inferior to surge AVR, but... Um, after two years there was a higher mortality. Now this increase in mortality is largely driven uh, by the propensity matched cohort studies. This is flagging up to me a big warning sign that longer follow-up is going to be important. So. The uh, conclusion of this study and my conclusion reading it is, yes, it's the longer term data. These are young, fit people, remember. Um, so, so we need a good, decent follow up of them. And, and at the moment, the indication this uh, meta-analysis is saying be careful uh, and there might be improved survival beyond the two years uh, for, for surgical AVR. The next study we would also like to highlight uh, is a massive New England Journal of Medicine paper. The title of it is Perioptive Devalimab for Receptable Non-Small Lung Cancer. Uh, And this has been published by John Haymack and a huge team uh, for the uh, Aegean investigators. Um, And and John Haymack is from uh, MD Anderson at Houston, Texas. So this huge study follows on from Checkmate 817 uh, which was a study of nivolumab, uh, a PDL1 antibody to inhibit PDL1. And this is another PDL1 inhibitor. And what is the study? Well, the study took 802 patients, uh, 400 in each group. Uh, these are stage 2 to stage 3b, just like Checkmate. Uh, and they randomized people to neoadjuvant chemotherapy or neoadjuvant chemotherapy plus divalumab. Um, I think the difference between this and Checkmate is they then did some post-operative Devalumab. Uh, I don't believe Checkmate did that. Um, But the headline figures are, again, a huge and impressive result. So the 12-months event-free survival um, was 73% of the Devalumab group compared to 64% uh, of the placebo patients. So 9% increased survival overall at only 12 months. So And that will just get bigger and bigger as they increase follow-up that is huge Uh, that is a big big difference and that that is a that is an earthquake uh, across lung cancer treatment and and to me who I'm a thoracic surgeon you know this is as as, this is realigning us with esophageal cancer which we we give a lot of neoadjuvant treatment for that Uh, and uh, but a lot of people don't do neoadjuvant for for lung cancer but now we might actually in the face of these trials say uh, this is incredible we've got to give them these amazing treatments before we do surgery a few other notes um, the complete pathological response was, was much bigger in the Devalumab group 17% versus 4% um, the difference didn't matter if you were pdl one negative versus pdl one positive half the patients in the group were squamous cell versus non-squamous cell and of course again like Checkmate uh, if you had a EGFR or ALT mutation you weren't eligible for this trial so again changing the face of of lung cancer surgery, huge trial, New England Journal of Medicine, it's going to have uh, huge implications. Uh, We're going to no longer be taking our patients routinely to theatre, we're going to be giving them treatment, and we're going to be taking them to theatre, you know, two, three months later in that 40-day window, uh, a couple of months later. But great job, really good, definitely worth a look. And the other thing just to note is that this study is free online, full text, in the New England Journal of Medicine, So, so definitely worth getting that out. Uh, yeah, just looking at the survival curves at 24 months, two years, yeah, uh, 11% uh, difference. So getting bigger and bigger the further out. So those are all the things that we selected. Um, thank you very much. Uh, and I'm going to hand over to the CTSNet office, who's going to tell you what else there is on the website this week. Take advantage of the features on your profile page to tell the CTSNet community more about yourself. Head to ctsnet.org slash user to update your background, place of work, and contact information. When you're done, head to the profiles page to stay connected with colleagues and learn more about your fellow CTSNet members. We have two fabulous videos for you this week. And uh, the first one uh, is from Iran. Ahmad Al, Amir am and uh, he's in a hospital, the Fagahini Hospital in Shiraz in Iran. And I have to say, this is a wonderful video. I mean, really technically perfect, clearly a, a phenomenal surgeon that would fit in anywhere around the world. Real top level surgery. The title of this is Giant Left Atrial Aneurysm Approached by IVC Transsection. Uh, and first of all, just did the most beautiful pre-op assessment. We've got 3D reconstructed CD CTs, uh, rotating around our geography CT the work so he explains the case really nicely it's a 14 year old boy who he had previously uh, performed uh, mitral annuloplasty uh, when the patient was only two years old and since then the left atrium just dil- dilated and just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it's enormous it's like 15 centimeters inside it's squashing the heart against the sternum uh, and that was the indication for surgery he's become shorter breath again so very good uh, videography uh, and, uh, and basically he, he cannulates, goes on bypass and shows us how you know he's just not going to get round the back of the heart unless he uses probably his experience of heart transplant, uh, incises the IVC, cuts that off, lifts the left atrium forwards then opens up the left atrium widely. You get to see uh, his annuloplasty ring, you get to see a really good uh, leak test which was completely negative. And then he billows out this giant piece of left atrium, shows us the pulmonary veins both sides. Actually makes an incision in the right atrium to show us uh, the coronary sinus, so that it doesn't accidentally incise that. And basically just oversews, doing an exclusion suture uh, of vast amounts of left atrium, uh, closes it all up, and shows us a post-operative uh, echo that shows a normal echo, a normal echo. And uh, this was actually one and a half years ago. This operation was uh, and he shows us that at one and a half years postoperatively great result so well done I think that was a wonderful video really really impressed Uh, so do check that out if you've got the time the next video we've got for you uh, is uh, by Servet Egoan uh, in Kartal, Istanbul, in Turkey. Uh, and this is a paediatric case uh, and it's a lovely surgical pair of double aortic arch through stenotomy. Um, he tells us that uh, there are three types of double aortic arch, 80% are dominant on the right, 10% dominant on the left and 10% are both. Um, and so he presents a two-month-old five kilogram boy uh, that has a pretty balanced uh double aortic arch so he talks a little bit about why going either on the left or the right was not going to be uh, the right approach and therefore a stenotomy was the right thing to do he shows us the left carotid and subclavia and the right of nominate uh, shows us incision uh, of one of the uh, aortic arches uh, making a load more space and uh, and uh, really nice job it was really clear uh, it looked like a great camera probably from the um, from the his head his ceiling camera and uh, very clear and I really really liked that. So let's move on to what's going on around the world as we get towards Christmas. Uh, November's not finished There looks like there's going to be a great EACS arrhythmia webinar. Uh, They're going to focus on a mitral valve case uh, in a patient that got persistent AF. So you can log on to this completely free if you're an EACS member uh, or €25 if you're a non-member. It's going to be on the 20th of November at 6pm Central European time. So I'm guessing that's about midday for you guys in America uh, and obviously work it out if you're anywhere else in the world Um, so this looks really good. EX is doing such a great job of providing these either free or very cheap Uh, so really really impressive and also Atricure sponsored it as well so thank you very much to them. The second thing we're profiling is an in-person course: aortic valve repair and the Ross operation. Uh, November the twenty-third and twenty-fourth in Belgium, and uh, you don't need me to tell you who is going to be running this course. But it's of course Jabrine El Curry from uh, Brussels. He's also accompanied by Dr. Uh, Kachova from Brussels as well. And uh, and this is an in-person course, so uh, really, really popular. He's done it for many years, and it's five hundred euros for EAX members, six hundred for non members. So if you haven't signed up and you're really interested, go and check out their website. And the third thing we'd like to highlight is another um, uh, really good uh, webinar. It's completely free, which is fabulous. So go and register on the show notes below. And the chair is Isabel Opitz, a fabulous person, president of the ESTS, and it's going to be Rats Segmentectomy. Um, There's going to be lots of other people. Uh, David Rice from Houston, Ilyas Abouda, from Marseille in France. Lots of really good people and completely free. So well done them Uh, and, and very, very impressive. So as we come to the end of this podcast, just got two more things to talk about. Diego, the world's most famous thoracic surgeon, this week launched his brilliant video from Surgery to Summit, uh, a Tanzania mission. And uh, I just love this video. It's really, really good. So there has been no minimally invasive thoracic surgery in the whole of Tanzania. You can believe that somewhere in the world, nobody's thought or managed to do it but uh, he took a team out there he's got this amazing portable camera that he can use uh, and he did a pediatric case a mediastinal tumor that shocked him a little bit it was far more difficult than he thought uh, he did a lobectomy for aspergilloma uh, and he did a third case so he did the f- first ever uh vats lobectomy in tanzania or vats lobectomy of any type in tanzania and he was followed by a tv crew uh, because for the second half he climbed uh, he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. So well done to him, absolutely fabulous and uh, that was great. And for the final honourable mention, I just want to go back to where I've been in Ghana. Uh, and I want to give the honourable mention to Dr. Ko and Sumensa and all the surgeons in the National Cardiothoracic Centre in Korlebu, in Accra, in Ghana, because they've been working there for 20 years with this unit. They do about 150 cases. Uh, cardiac surgery is not paid for in Ghana. They'll pay for, in, on the National Health System, general surgery, orthopaedic surgery, but no cardiothoracic no thoracic, no esophageal surgery. So they scrabble and they scrape and they fight any way they can to get funded surgery for patients out of there. And they've done really well. There's five surgeons there. Uh, They're really, really good. Um, Mark Tete, um, so innocent, Uh, lots and lots of surgeons, Dr. Shribor. They're all working really, really hard, but they have had a disaster. They finally had one perfusionist and now he's gone they've got two anaesthetists that are both retiring and returning just coming in when they can uh, and we went out there as well as going to UGMC to help them and they're doing really really well under Baffo Jan but but in Koolibu then they're, they're, they're just struggling and, uh, and and we were so delighted to restart a program that had stopped for six weeks because we bought essentially a perfusionist we brought an anaesthetist as well but but they're not working next week and they're not working the week after and they're not working the week after. In fact, they're not working until we get another perfusionist out to them. They have 50 patients on their waiting list that are all paid and ready to go. A lot of them children, but also adults. Uh, and, and if I can get perfusionists out to them, then they will start work. And that's that's the honest truth. So please help me to help them. Please go back to your unit and ask your perfusionist would you consider going out to Ghana for a week. It's the safest place you could ever go to. It's the most friendly welcome you'll ever get uh, and they will be phenomenally supportive of you. Um, it was really interesting. We we took an adult only perfusionist out there. They asked if we could do some kids and he said no. They just took them straight off the list. They only did cases that he was happy to do. Um, and, uh, and that was a great experience as I say, click on the show notes below click on the YouTube video of our experience day 6 uh, is the one about Corlebu, or go to my YouTube channel, uh, just put Joel Dunning into YouTube and you will find uh, more details, but number one please do contact me, Joel Dunning uh, at any of my uh, email addresses, you can go through the CTS net profile page or joeldunning at doctors.org.uk or Dunning at nhs.net I've even got a J Dunning at ctsnet.org. Although I'm not sure it's working very well, but but if you could help me to help Callaboo, I'd be tremendously grateful. And would it be wonderful if we had an avalanche of perfusionists that we could send out every week to resuscitate their program? Uh, and that is what I'll be praying for tonight. Call in next week, and we'll have another podcast on the CTSnet Beat podcast uh, brought to you by CTSnet. Thanks a lot.